Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. I'm Walter Nolan, a digital learning designer here at British Canoeing and I'm really excited to be hosting this episode on inclusion in coaching uh, and to welcome our three guests today. We've got uh, Lena Patel, Dave Hunt, and my colleague, Helena Russell. So before we begin with our questions and our discussion, I just wonder if we could just introduce ourselves a little bit. So uh, Lena, shall we start with you? Tell us a little about your background and your, your interest in coaching and instructing. Hi, oh, yeah. Um nice to to be doing this podcast with with you guys thank you for asking um i've been working within outdoor education for about 30 years um i started in london when i was 16 i'm now 52 um, and i live in north wales so the the environment is very different in terms if you were talking about diversity i think it's uh would be interesting i'll go on to that kind of afterwards um I, I went to Liverpool John Moores University when I was 22 to do an outdoor degree, um, outdoor teaching degree, um, and I've worked, I've worked in the UK and I've I've worked in in America, doing some outdoor, um, different types of outdoor door stuff in both of them, and my experience is quite um, varied in that it's not just paddle sports. Like most people that work in the outdoors, we have many bows to our strings to our bows. Um, I've done some pretty pretty fun sailing, tall ship sailing trips, and some some pretty lovely canoeing expeditions. Um, my, a lot of the stuff I did when I was a teacher or worked in the, was, was was with pupil referral units. Um, so I've got that kind of background. And then last year, I after some thought, I decided to help out and do the she paddles. Um, initiative up in north wales but my my reasoning for that was i wanted to actually do it to bring on families because i think things change if you can do stuff as a family unit um and that doesn't matter what the family looks like but yeah that's how i wanted to bring my experience into she paddles was to have an inclusive unit and i think actually that says it all i think if we're going to talk about diversity and inclusiveness we need to be that um, and I think there's a, a line with programs as well so we'll talk about that in, in a little while but that's my introduction that's <laughs> <laughs> perfect Lena thank you so much Dave how, how about you give us a little bit of your background as well please yeah thanks Walter um, again thanks thanks for inviting me to to do this uh, it's really excited about uh, getting involved in this podcast um, my my uh, sort of outdoor experience, outdoor leading experience started um, in late 1990s. So again, sort of well over 20 years ago. Um, and I've, I've worked across a, a range of uh, disciplines, so climbing, mountain biking, mountaineering, uh, and, and probably have always been known as a, as a paddling specialist among my colleagues, I suppose. Um, 
I've I've worked again uh, a lot of the time. I've worked in pupil referral units, young people who've been excluded from school. Uh, you know, working with them in the outdoors, um, which which has uh, sort of shaped my um, philosophy around inclusion and and diversity and celebrating diversity and and you know the the range of individuals that have worked with uh, in in that sector. Um, I've you know I've worked in various various countries. I've worked as a sea kayak guide in New Zealand. Uh, I've worked on canoeing canoeing expeditions in in Ghana, which was uh, on a youth development charity. That was an amazing experience. Um, and currently, I work for Carnegie Great Outdoors, which is part of Leeds Beckett University. Um, and we run uh, lots of different sort of commercial paddling activities and and adventurous activities uh, but my main role there is working on the outdoor degree courses uh, so there's lots of opportunities for sort of embedding uh, in the importance of uh, you know inclusion and, and diversity within within that work with uh, with degree students uh, so yeah that's a bit of a, an intro to me or a lot of an intro to me but <laughs> Fantastic. Thank, thanks, Dave. Um, hello, Ash. Do, would you like to tell us a little about your, your role? In I would love to. Thank you. Yeah, I um, have joined one of the podcasts before, so I'm delighted to be back and talking about um, this area of work again, um, especially with two fantastic guests. So I'm Helena Russo. I am the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Lead for the organisation. Um, so I look after everything to do with those particular topics. Um, and that might be within coaching like it is today, but it also is within things like our club network, uh, the competitions we might run and all those kinds of great things. So um, I'm also a coach myself not in paddling but um, hopefully bringing some kind of coaching understanding and expertise into this space um, and also very much a lover of the outdoors so I'm a stand-up paddleboarder but I also do lots of um, walking and also a fair bit of outdoor swimming so a big lover of the outdoors too so yeah really excited to be joining here and uh, yeah helping facilitate this conversation Thanks so much, Helena, and thanks again to you all for taking part today. So, um, Helena, I think uh, you wanted to just introduce this topic of inclusion, sure. uh, representation and accessibility. So yeah. would you mind just giving us a bit of um, bit of for an introduction sure. here? Yeah, absolutely. So this podcast today really is going to be looking more at lived experiences and platforming more diverse voices in this space to really understand what inclusive delivery looks like in coaching and what that practice can really you know what difference that can make so you know we've talked more generally about inclusion in coaching on a previous podcast we've done um you know we've looked at black history month in the context of the experiences of black communities through another podcast so yeah this is really i think within this particular episode is to look at more about what practice looks like like what are some of the things that coaches have learned and what have their lived experiences been that's then shaped that coaching philosophy that means inclusion is at the heart of it um so hopefully looking at some practical examples that that um, both Lena and Dave can bring today and yeah hopefully some really implementable takeaways um, from today as well so yeah that's kind of what we're going to cover today fantastic yeah exciting yeah fantastic so I'll tell you what let's let's kick off with you know you both 
uh, Dave and Nina, you both mentioned your philosophies in your introductions and you know what 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 inclusion means to you, and you've touched on that. So maybe if we start with you again, Lena, what does inclusion in coaching mean to you? Oh, so it seems like a simple question that um, really, but it, it it's quite um, there's many levels to it. In a in an ideal world, I don't even think we should be asking that question. Mm. But I don't think we live in an ideal world. Oh, well, that's a strong phrase. I think we just live in a world, and that is 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 the world we live in. So inclusion really should be ultimately something that just happens. But in order for something to just happen, I think we um, sometimes have to process things and consciously make things happen. Mm -hmm. So um, quite often, I hear the phrase of um things like i don't notice this i don't notice color i don't notice gender i don't notice disability i don't notice mm -hmm. this and that and I, I kind of think that for me on my experience i don't think that's true i think people do um but what they do with that that it, it, it's different so in coaching for example i'm going to find it quite difficult to split this with just paddle sport um sure so in introduction i talked about the outdoors and that's what I operate in is the outdoors, mm. not the paddle sport. So I was sitting here thinking and looking at some of the other questions and going, okay, in paddle sport, in paddle sport. Um, but some of my bigger initiatives have happened in um, sure. more in, in, in the hills and not that I'm a great walker or what have you, but within climbing and training, the trainer kind of programs, which haven't been for paddle sport. Um, so, I, but I will try and keep it to paddle sport. Sure. Um, so inclusion is something that we need to think about because we're a diverse world. People come from very different socioeconomic backgrounds, different cultures, different belief structures, different um, religions, all sorts of things. And to be honest, we can't think about them all the time. We can't think about everything on every level. So I think it's about intention. Mm -hmm. And I think intention for me is the is the question as opposed to inclusion. So what's the intention of what we're doing? Mm. Um, and this this whole thing's pushing lots of buttons for me, if I be deadly honest. Uh, um, mm. And that's because of my experiences um, in the outdoors and not just in the outdoors, but questions that were asked of me in my interview for uh, at university for example which I think they might have been questions that other people may not have got mm. um which changed how how I interacted with the outdoors at the university that I was at it just I, was, I'm, I can be quite a hothead and if I think there's something that's unjust and if I don't calm myself I can be quite reactive but the reaction is usually to my detriment, not anybody else's. And what I mean about that is I took myself out of coaching in, in the outdoor world for a lot of the time because I felt wow. it was very double standard. Mm. Um, but I keep coming back to it because it's something that I love. Yeah. Um, and I really only agreed or not agreed. Uh, yeah, I did to do this because I have a mixed race daughter and um, she's she. she well she's a she's a girl at the moment she's only 12 mm. um and i wanted to actually have a positive influence mm -hmm. or a positive voice as opposed to an angry voice yeah, sure. so 
and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being angry. What I no, think no. what what works better is if it could be turned into a passion that can make change if change is needed. Definitely. Um, as opposed yeah. to going, do you know what? I don't want to be part of that anymore. I'm yeah. not gonna yeah. no long I, I'm no longer gonna deliver or this, that. Yeah. And, and, would... and that was really why I decided to do this. So I think inclusion in coaching is more about your intention, really. And are you doing inclusion because policy says you have to do inclusion? Or do you believe in inclusion? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And do you think do you think those experience that you've explained there or kind of gone into a little bit, do you feel that your philosophy when you were starting out your degree, for example, in coaching is vastly different to how it is now? Or do you think it's just been an extension of that due to some of the experiences that you've had? Or do you think it's changed massively? Put you on the spot. Then. I think I've <laughs> matured. Sure. You know, I'm no longer 16 you know mm, um mm. and but but also i live in a very different part of the country now sure you know so when i started out uh working at the boat club in inner mm. city london the demographic is very different to living in a village in sure. north wales up yeah. a hill without any with no neighbors <laughs> couldn't be right? more different could it? yeah it's, it's yeah. polarized um you know so the coaching I do or the experiences that I, I have for people directly re reflects on the community that I live in. Sure. But when I'm talking about inclusion, you know, I, I, I did talk about ethnicity, colour, gender, all of those sort of mm. things as and, and disabilities. I mean, I worked at Churchtown Farm, which is a centre for people with disabilities and how we used to do things there were, were more about enabling experiences. Sure. You know, that's inclusion. I worked um, doing rock climbing with Asian Asian women um, and Muslim communities. And the mm -hmm. centre that I was with, there were a lot of people that were saying they didn't want to do that because the whole attire was dangerous to rope work. Mm -hmm. I'll try not to swear here, but that's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of helmets and people having, uh, you know, it's things can be adapted, changed to make experiences possible yeah you know and and this is what i mean by what does inclusion look and uh, yeah. we shouldn't even need to have to ask that question but we do sure yeah you know i mean my first ever job was a young asian women in inner city london and it was one of my hardest jobs i've ever done i mm. don't actually necessarily want to do that to, uh, but i was only 17 years old i was a youngster in islington mm -hmm. you know and and you would have to enroll the whole uh, the whole family and have a trust the family would need to trust you in in order to take their their, their daughters out on yeah. an adventure you know i'm talking 30 odd years ago things have changed mm. to a level but not that massively sure you know it, 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 it's really like thanks and, uh, lena yeah absolutely brilliant lena i really love that, that something that you said that you need to process things to make things happen there mm. lena um you know that that, that that you you've got to kind of admit that there's something you've got to change your coaching style or mm. or, or something within you know, to react to that context um absolutely brilliant leader thank you so much um how about you dave um do, do any of those th points that Lena re made resonate with you or is there something different in your particular coaching context that 
that makes inclusion? What does it mean for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, some very interesting points that that Lena made, and and definitely some of those things, uh, you know, cross cross over and and mirror my my sort of views on this really. But the first thing I think with with inclusion is for me being prepared to give every individual what what they need to to succeed or 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 to take part or to engage mm-hmm. um and that's going to be different for every person obviously um so that it, it sort of comes down to to identifying barriers uh, identifying the, the barriers that that people might be facing to to participation and actively seeking out ways to to overcome those barriers you know so that the the intention that uh lena was talking about having that it- intention to to go the extra mile to seek out uh, the ways to overcome the the barriers that that people uh, might be facing and we know that sort of barriers might be uh, you know ability or disabilities or medical condition the the barriers that people face might might be cultural it might be gender based um but you know again even even with those things in mind it's different for every individual uh, lena mentioned that uh, trust you know trust trust might might be that that barrier that we have to find a way to, yeah. to overcome um an- another uh, barrier that in in my experience people face in in paddling in paddle sports is is sort of a, a, a bit of a fear you know if they're, if they're getting involved for the for the first time and groups i work with pretty much every group beginners group is is, yeah. is is a bit nervous somebody in each group is a bit nervous about something you know is it that is it that somebody's told them or oh, oh you oh, you get your feet stuck in them kayaks and <laughs> you've got to tip upside down and tap on the bottom three times before you can get out which is a relic of of sort of maybe how coaching has has evolved you know and i'm i'm positive that you know that used to be the first the first thing that people was were made to do so you know if if people are scared if people if people are are scared or they're gonna get stuck in it or you know whatever they then you know it's up to us to to sort of show them to guide them and support them and show them that that that's not going to be the case yeah uh, you know the, the sit on top kayak for me is has been a a massive massive sort of boost for uh inclusivity you know as you know it's not it's not the best for for, for everything but it's, it's great for, for accessibility I think the point you made there, Dave, as well, sorry to come in around fear, I think from my coaching philosophy and, and the experience that I've had, when you exist within a community, you have an identity or you sh- you live in a body that is potentially marginalised, there's an additional factor there, isn't it, of fear? Yeah. Like yeah, you, yeah. you don't know if you have a physical disability, for example, whether you're actually going to be able to access yeah. a venue. That's an additional layer of fear. You don't know if you are accidentally going to be outed because somebody asks you about your wife when you actually have a husband. You, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. when you exist within a community that feels 
in not included that you know there's yeah. almost that additional step isn't there or that, that yeah. additional barrier that they have to overcome and we can we can address a lot of that through our coaching I think and I think yeah. both of the points that you and Lena have both covered in your kind of you know your your philosophies really attest to that is that it is our responsibility as coaches to not just be thinking about you know that one single factor of actually can they get out on their craft there's all of this stuff that yeah. comes beforehand that's related yeah. to their identity so I think you know it's been a real consistency for me I think that both you and Lena have have raised so yeah, yeah. so I think just a couple couple more points this this mm. thing about a perceived a perceived barriers um that that exist um that that might not be true you know I can't, I can't go on there because people like me don't go and do that there might be a perceived barrier that somebody mm. has but that's still a barrier you sure. know it's still it's something that exists in that person so that's something that, that we need to overcome you know mm. so education reaching out to people uh you know sort of chipping away at those things uh better communication role models all of those things go a long way i think to to mm. sort of you know breaking down those barriers that that people might face brilliant fantastic yeah uh, I think I think we've touched on this uh, a, a little, but from what you've said already, but but it seems that representation and accessibility is, it keeps coming up across the board when we talk about a lack of diversity and inclusion across paddle sport. And um, um, what's your experience of that, Dave? Can you just give us a, a, a little bit of uh, 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 so, some examples of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think um at at sort of grassroots level at, at taste to session level we do we do see a very uh, very diverse sort of demographic really um whether it's school groups charities youth groups you know that in my experience you know we see a lot of a really sort of a range of backgrounds a range of people coming through through paddling i mean if you take ncs national citizenship service for example and just a, a quick sort of google of that and it's 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 like two hundred thousand people are going through that scheme each year and the the, the people we see on there are, are really diverse you know so if if the question is can a range of people access paddle sports then i think the answer is yes the the sort of next the, the next step that maybe need to address is how do we grab those ones that have been on those those sessions and they're going oh, wow i want to do that again you know not everybody's leaving that session going yeah paddling's for me and i and i want to i want to go and get involved in it you know some of them are going and going and going you know i'm not bothered about doing that again and that's fair enough but how do we as coaches as a as a sport as a governing body how do we grab those people uh, and inspire these people and offer them pathways to continue in the sport you know and, and and overcome whatever other barriers they might face so you know that's that's something that i, I think we are trying to address you know uh, british canoeing with with the inclusive inclusivity group you know and and again the communication and different initiatives that might be able to grab people to to continue uh that representation of of uh, a diverse demographic of people throughout the sport you know is is sort of maybe where there's areas for for development i think from my side as well when we talk about diversity and inclusion in paddling in coaching sorry is 
there's two sides to it, isn't it? There is an ability for a coach to deliver sessions that are welcoming and inclusive and safe spaces for people to be supported. And then there's the representation in the coaching workforce and, and the diversity yeah. that exists within that. So I suppose this is a question for almost both Dave and Lena, really, because you both had, you know, decades of experience and whether you've seen big changes in that, small changes in the in the groups that you've worked with or where you see there being real issues um in that space so dave i don't know if we start kind of start with you just because you answered and then we'll go to lena but yeah representation and accessibility for coaching pathways you know across the board what's what's your kind of view on that or what have you noticed within that space um, if anything <laughs> i don't know what the what the what the stats stats are on mm. on people going through through the co the coaching sort of routes but there are people who are sort of from varying backward backgrounds within the coaching community and that's that's great um to to have that representation always sort of encourage sure. it or maybe try and have, have some initiatives again to to develop that and lena you from your perspective well, has again, your view in that changed i'm just trying to manage my thoughts here and how okay. I, <laughs> I express myself because mm -hmm. uh, for those people that know me i i, I kind of um can be a little bit harsh i'm just going to give you a little example of one of my experiences or two of them mm -hmm. and then i hope that will settle me down to be able to explain things in a, a bit more cohesive useful fashion because at the moment things are spinning around my head um, which has taken me off topic. So we talk about inclusion and diversity. I, 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 in theory, went to one of the best back in the day outdoor education establishments for mm -hmm. training people to work in the outdoors. And a question that I got asked at my first in, at my interview is why do I want to do that and not be a doctor or a lawyer? Because I'm Asian. Right. And I that kind of annoyed me because I thought, what I right do you imagine. have to ask me that? And I actually swore wow. at my in, at the at the guy <laughs> um, and told him because I F can and why you doing what you do. Mm. The right type thing. So that's that's kind of one thing. And we could we could you know, we could take the meat, put meat on the bones of that um, sure. if we want to. But I'm just saying that's what's holding these sort of thoughts hold me back. And this is what mm. has, has took me away from being in the outdoors. These are supposed to be smart people that are molding coaches or teachers to go mm. out there and work with the community in the wider thing but yet in my eyes they're so naive that they keep certain things alive by the dark yeah. questions that they ask right and then there was another university when i used to live up in the lake district i was asked to go to a university i'm going to try not to name and shame organizations mm. but really i want to but it's probably not useful to go with another asian woman and talk to their students about gender and diversity and one of the first questions we asked is like does anybody have a prejudice the only people that put their arms up was me and my colleague and we we talked about that but then throughout this this whole session one of the one one of the young men on it said this is really useful that you've come to do this but our assignments have already been handed in right so that again <laughs> like it's not useful me, anyway <laughs> what a bag of trolley these all these higher educational all these places are because they do this because they have to not because yeah. they understand or they've been told to 
yeah. and they they belittle people like myself and play games with us saying can you come and do this but yeah they're not actually interested in a particular this is just my feeling right sure, point sure. of view because yeah. you've asked us to come in but they've already handed in their assignments how yeah. does that work right so also... representation accessibility yeah. across the board we talk about lack of diversity and inclusion across paddle sport. It's a bit like, and this is again why I was like, do I really want to do this? It's just going to be another one of those. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of had to talk to myself and say, you know what, Lena, it's, it's 20 years on. Give yourself and other people a break. It might not really be that. Yeah. Um, but it hooks me because yeah. uh, other things have happened where you get people very middle class people because that can speak really well have, but not saying that people that aren't it's just middle people. Yeah. Do, do you know what i mean yeah I, I, that's not what i'm saying but they they've got a job they're writing policies and then i get private uh messages uh and, and there's good intention but my 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 conversation in my head is like well actually you're being paid for this why are you asking me to then give you my time and everything for free well, you'll be in the consultant, pay me as a consultant. You know, that's loaded, I know, but it's just trying to, I need to say this in I, order for me to move on because these are my experiences. Yeah. Right? And, and, and I, yeah, I, I think your, your experiences hold us to account in that space. I think that's, you know, we, we want to use this platform to platform your voice rather than us telling your story or us using you in a way that feels inauthentic. And I obviously hope that that's you know, the that, word. Yeah. yeah, inauthentic. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that is something I think all organizations and, you know, whether that's us as British Canoeing, whether it's individuals, whether it's, you know, groups and others that, you know, that's a question they should be asking themselves, you know, what is the intention it goes back to that initial point you raised Lena isn't it in that you know what what is the purpose of this and actually have we done this in a way that is meaningful and is going to affect change and I think you know these experiences often are plowed over you know they're not listened to in a way that then helps us to move forward in a productive and you know positive manner so you know this is absolutely the space for us to to hear those so yeah thank you for sharing because I know they you know must be hard to obviously you know go over them and share them again so I yeah. think it you know it's very valuable to hear them today thank you yeah absolutely oh, absolutely Lena and thanks ever so much for sharing that and I think that you know going back to that idea of intention and I think the intention of our podcast today is to get that lived experience from you and from Dave as well but importantly to get kind of like some practical you know mm. examples you know of what you have done to support paddlers from perhaps underrepresented backgrounds so that they get out on the water um so lena could you give us some examples of that please yeah i guess i could <laughs> so as as a self-employed coach i i did put on sessions for for women and girls but i don't i didn't totally buy into that if mm -hmm. that kind of makes sense is so I've been I've been involved in a, a few different things organisationally where I used to be a development worker for award in Liverpool and a lot of the stuff I did um, and why they wanted me to do that was to increase participation am amongst underrepresented groups within Liverpool and for me at that time and for the organisation those were groups like young offenders, people with disabilities, people of colour, um, mm -hmm. girls. And we put on 
spe uh, sessions that I don't know if they were truly successful, but we, we made an, an attempt at putting on sessions which would have long-term participation. What I find is there's a lot of programmes that happen, and I've been involved with a lot of these, um, that are very short-term based, they're funded based, and outcomes are required. But after that's happened, the longevity, I mean, I don't look at research anymore. I, I, I very rarely read papers anymore, again, because it's my disillusionment and a lot of things um, stop me doing that. But what the consequence of that is I no longer have my finger on the pulse. And this is about reflection. So in order to put on programmes that might make a difference, one has to do that um, and yeah. be willing to answer and look at the hard stuff to make change and not just sugarcoat things because they're easier conversations to have all right sure. so i used to work at brave a hall a long time ago as a, an associate trainer and there was a program that we put on um and it was actually with a woman called pammy joe howe and it was and the company now it's called backbone but um it is women training to become trainers for their communities in mountaineering, cycling and climbing. And the intention for me later on was to do it in paddle sport. And why I, sported, why I supported that programme was because I wanted to change it into paddle sport. But again, I just got really quite cross halfway through it and decided I'm actually not going to do that for paddle sport because it took a lot of work and I just found a lot of people talk and there was no real intention to make any difference. But as I've watched Backbone grow from afar, I think there's been lots of movement, uh, but this company is now in, in, in Scotland and it's a little bit far for me to go. And it, But what it's done is re-engage me into thinking, actually, I will do something within Paddle Sport. And again, this is a part of doing this podcast with you guys. I have run sessions in, in Tlangothlan for women and their girls, and they were, they were well received. I also done um, She Paddles Ambassador and what I decided, or what I not decided, because decide is a word which is like final. It means, there's in for me, it means there's no more thought process. Right, I've decided, therefore I don't need to review or things don't need to change because it's a decision. It's finite. So I'm starting to try and live life in this sort of choice basis, which is a bit more fluid. And I said, I'll become an ambassador, but the way I want to do it is run family sessions, not sessions mainly for women because I think if they're not done well and I hope this doesn't come across badly we just because we just create a ghetto of a place for people to I'm, I'm trying not to swear but not be nice <laughs> does, mm. does that make sense mm. yeah. um yeah. therefore how you hold them sessions and structure them in order for them to grow is very important otherwise you could mm -hmm. just have a club and that's yeah. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's beautiful and wonderful and there's a place for it. But why I said I wanted to do the sheep paddle, and sadly, actually, I didn't get to do as much with it as I wanted to. And there was lots of other things that happened. But I did run my own family sessions before I became a sheep paddles ambassador and they were really well received. And the point being with this, that what you had to be within a family is you there just had to be a female so a mum or a daughter and it could because as I say our families don't look how they might have did uh, with absolutely the, oh, what's them old old school books um, oh, like, oh, I know books or, yeah, yeah 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 do you know what I mean they're they're, hmm. they're 
they're beautiful they're just really different and it needed to be open to that but because it was she paddles i was like there has to be someone that identifies or is a female within that um to do and some people got quite angry with that and they said i just want to do women's work work with women only groups and i said that's cool there's hundreds of them out there go and join one a lot of the men that came along what happened was they'd look the one thing I said had to happen is that the coaches had to be women, but it didn't mean just women, mm. but the the voice had to be the female voice because structurally mm. what happens in sessions or when, when I've seen things happen is some women become much quieter and their voice goes. And it's sure. not necessarily because the, the, the man's done anything wrong or isn't understanding or doesn't have uh, whatever it is it's mm. not necessarily their fault it's the cultural way that society Absolutely. has been you know so it's not like I'm looking at blame here there or anywhere it's not mm. it just is and that's why I wanted the 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 woman to to be the lead central um, yeah that's the word there you go help me with my vocabulary <laughs> that, that would be amazing <laughs> right so an another thing and it's not um my my program it's my partner so there's a symposium that happens a canoe symposium we quite often have female coaches say can we run women only sessions and at the heart of what we say here is no we mm. don't want that what we want is coaches to be brilliant coaches and yeah. you coach everybody mm. and what they there then get to see is that this woman is an amazing coach like that other bloke is an amazing coach and they can run a great session on the Tuaran, not just like an introduction session, which is a women-only session, which tends to kind of happen when yeah. I've been at other organisations. So I hope I've kind of explained a little bit where I'm coming from because I've absolutely that's uh, the summary there. I think, and the takeaway that I've just gotten from that is that that point of being a great coach for the person in front of you which I think is what Dave was saying kind of towards the beginning and having that understanding of a person and their experience because I've had conversations you know taking your point Lena around women and girls I've had conversations with people that are saying that um you know this girl can is not a good program which you know for some people yeah. this girl can is for not some, yeah it's not it's not a program that speaks to every single woman and girl for me i've been active my whole life it's not something that i have necessarily struggled with to a great extent yes i've had some difficult conversations particularly when i was a coach and you know that like that's all part of that my personal experience but i see the value in you know she paddles and women you know the, the this girl can program because for some communities that is absolutely hitting the nail on the head but if i think for us as coaches it's about absorbing all of that understanding all of that kind of almost cultural intelligence isn't it of trying to see what we can offer across the board for as many different groups of people so that everybody can access what we love doing um in that space so i think yeah everything you've said there 100 percent hit the nail on the head for me so yeah thanks thanks Lena. that's awesome yeah brilliant lena thank you so much uh but dave i just wondered if uh, if you had any comments on that or any other experiences of how you can bring uh, and support paddlers from underrepresented backgrounds to get out onto the water. Yeah, I think an example that I did want to share uh, on on this podcast is relating to to a, a sort of quite a specific specific example that I've been involved in recently, and it was it was uh, on the degree course, the outdoor studies degree course that I, that I work on, and 
and this student en enrolled on the course and she um great girl she she you know really enthusiastic enough for everything she but she she had this um has this condition where she she has seizures periodically sometimes more than others and basically you know talking about barriers this this is this is a barrier that she had faced in the past this condition she'd she'd been to outdoor activity centers and they'd sort of gone all right you know we don't know if you're gonna have a seizure if you do we can't really deal with it so you're gonna have to sit on the side so her experience was really really negative and you know obviously she was on a degree course for for three years and when we got that information a lot of people were sort of going well she can't go paddling can she what if it happens then she can't go gorge walking she can't go anywhere remote you know so all of these things all of these things these experiences that that students have on the course um the, these sort of barriers were being placed by other people in the way and I, and i was you know massively massively keen that we we would enable her to do all the things and what the way that we did that was sort of work backwards all right so she's going she's going up scarfell pike right so how can we how can we what can we get in place to deal with that if it does happen all right so we so we sort of had right well maybe we have an extra staff member with it with a sort of grab bag of, of kit that we can we can provide if it does happen it's in depth so i'm trying to i'm trying to uh, summarize it over the over the years she came and did loads of stuff with us you know river river journeys in, in kayaks um you know and gorge walking and independent journeys and camping and what we what we just had to do was was really challenge our ways of working uh, to include her to be inclusive to to enable her to to take part in all these in all these different activities i drew upon a, a sort of wide range of experts and advice and and people to to sort of shape that so it wasn't just me so we've got good tech advisors chris brain and and mm. and chucky were, were well known um that there are tech advisors so i'd speak to them regularly and get that they'd sort of come up with ideas that i hadn't thought of but also uh speaking to daryl shaw from british canoeing mm -hmm. uh, about the situation right this is this is the the, the person that we're, we're working with what can we do to ensure that she gets the best experience and we do what we can to look after her so there's the lots of areas of information to, to sort of help inform that decision and that sort of really really developed when i i run paddle sport instructor award and I, I sort of put on a course which was the the, the students that i work with could uh, could access and i knew it would happen and chiana the girl i'm talking about when i put out this paddle sport instructor award she was the first person to, to put a name forward to, to do this course and i was like all oh, right okay now now that changes the the goalposts again so how how can we make this happen you know and we we worked we worked with her and she was brilliant uh on this uh fsrt course a safety and rescue course where maybe in the past we were like all oh, right she can't go in the water she's on an fsrt course which the whole day you're in the water so things were changing all the time but we made it happen she got a paddle sport instructor award and 
she, you know she's a great paddle sport instructor and and for me that epitomized the real challenge of of how we can be inclusive what the things we might need to do to actually enable these things to happen you know and and going you know really going to that depth to get to know the person and sometimes you know i was there when she she were, had seizures on a number of occasions and i sort of knew it was happening before she did mm. you know, so i could sort of get things prepped like a roll mat down and go right sit on there <laughs> yeah do that and then and then carry on so that's amazing that's awesome uh, real challenge I... but really inspiring you know and mm. and i think that that's uh you know a, an interesting an interesting thing when your notion of being inclusive an inclusive practitioner is yeah. really challenged in that way can you find can we find ways to to make things happen uh, like that i think there's two things i would take away from that example you've given there dave i think it's amazing the first is that if you don't know ask and the best person that probably knows how to ask the answer that question first and foremost is the person stood in front of you. Yeah, and if yeah. they don't, there are ways and means of finding that information out. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter that we don't know straight away. That's all part of, you know, learning an inclusive agenda and or, you know, committing to an inclusive practice. And the second there for me, which I think, again, epitomizes the power of what an, a, a welcoming and valued person looks you know what that can do she went from not being told that she couldn't do any paddling activity whatsoever to being the first person to put her hand up for an instructor yeah. course like what what a transformation in that space that actually suddenly despite the fact that she has a health condition that may have prevented her or prevents presented barriers previously to being involved in paddling actually now she's able to use that skill for herself you know to deliver and hopefully within her scope she can learn all the things that she's learned from you in the way that you've delivered sessions and made adjustments for her that that can then be yeah. you know it just is that it's that self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it that once yeah. people yeah. have that experience where they feel valued and respected actually you know it, the the lengths to which they can then go in that space is is maximized completely it's it's yeah. awesome so yeah thank you that's such a great a great uh -huh. example thank you for sharing that's awesome yeah thanks dave yeah i think what i talk about that is the need for creativity which links back to nina's point about you know you need to process things to make mm. things happen you know so um brilliant thank you both for for, for those uh, excellent contributions but we are running out of time so <laughs> <laughs> much to get through <laughs> i know it's been amazing um but uh, maybe just a, one last question to wrap up is you know what would you want our coaches listening to this podcast to take away when it comes to the ideas of inclusion in and around coaching um dave should we start with you this time thanks well i, I think we touched on it there in that bit of a bit of a summary about that about that case study but um you know it maybe needs maybe things need flipping on its head sometimes and and you sort of go right if that if that happens can we work backwards from that and what mm -hmm. things what things need to be in place you know if if this person was in that situation you, you know I, I think some some things that uh that lena mentioned earlier about intention uh you know and having a positive a positive voice uh in this area is massive you know we everyone everyone can have some influence and if everyone if everyone involved in coaching and in paddling has you know some influence 
on on people then thing, things gradually progress don't they sure thanks uh, alina how about you what, did, what, what what would you want coaches listening to the podcast to take away well i've just jotted down a couple of things for people to think about what's your own belief structures and how do they impact your delivery mm. um which would allow for a thought process to happen which helps intention and mm. then it's like and and that's what i mean it's like what are your intentions and br and be true to those intentions but they have to if if we're if we're, we're in the domain of inclusive inclusivity here and mm. diversity so that's the domain in which i'm talking about how yeah. they're going to impact that um and how bothered are you really and great that's question, the question <laughs> yeah. that i'm leaving you with um that's a whole other really. podcast episode yeah, yeah, part two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great great question yeah and definitely links back to your intention piece uh, lena dave thank you so much for your time and your expertise and your insight into this i think it's you know i can't thank you enough and it's been really really interesting to hear you talk about this and bring your own lived experiences and, ch and challenges into this space this is what we want you know we want to ha have some of those maybe more challenging and difficult conversations but to you know really have that effect and change which i hope you know will be taken very well across the coaching fraternities and paternity so thank you very much for your time yes you're you welcome from... and nice to meet you visually everybody <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks, yeah. thanks from me and thanks to you helena as well thanks you're very so welcome much. thanks so much everyone thanks for listening we hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.